Has anybody ever been to the place where you've got knocked down so badly by life that you just felt like staying down? It's like, I, I, I'm not getting back up. I'm good. Maybe this morning you feel like if one more thing happens, if just one more thing, I'm done. And you may even have spoken out of your mouth today. I want you to know something. When you speak something out of your mouth, the enemy hears that as well. We're not going to go there, but some of us are hung by our tongue. That's another message for another day. But sometimes we feel like that. And you might feel like that this morning. I I hate to tell you this. Bad things happen to good people. And sometimes good things happen to bad people. And we begin to wonder why in the world would God do that? But I want to tell you this morning, our current situation and our current circumstances, whether we're knocked down or we're living on the mountain, does not change the destiny and the purpose that God has for our life. Our situation and circumstances don't make God go, oh, well, they did that. Ah, forget about them. I'm glad he doesn't forget about us. See, the enemy tries to knock us down using trials and tests and fires and frustration and pressure that we can't handle. I don't know about you, but I can't handle it. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you, I cannot handle it. On my own, I can't handle it. But I'm not my own anymore. I was bought with a price. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's easy to say when you're on the mountaintop. But when you're in the valley low and it doesn't feel like anybody's there, that's when the challenge happens. But this morning I want to share that when the enemy messes with us, when he messes with you, when he messes with me, when he tests us, when he tries us, when he turns up the fire a little bit, when he turns up the pressure a little bit, when he tries to knock you down, God in fact is using that test for his glory and for your good. You say, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, I'm going to give you some scriptures today. And I believe this message is going to help you and help me today. Two scriptures we're going to look at. We're going to look at multiple throughout the message today. But two scriptures we want to look at first is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Somebody say it filled the house. Filled the house. It didn't partially fill the house. It didn't quarterify fill the house. It filled the house, completely filled the house. Look at your neighbor and say, I pray God fills this house. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but we are not destroyed. This morning, I want to talk to you just for a little bit about a message called Bounce Back. Look at your neighbor say, Bounce Back. Bounce Back. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this people. I thank you for the presence that's in this house. 
I thank you for this word that you're about to deliver through me, God. I know I am nothing without you. So, Lord, fill this, fill these words with your spirit. Open hearts and minds and ears to receive your word today, God. You get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about bounce back. Look at your neighbor say, bounce back. We're going to look at a tennis ball. Anybody ever seen a tennis ball before? All right, if you've never seen one, this is my friend Wilson. Oh, some of you, some of you. We're going to use a tennis ball a little bit to help me deliver the message this morning. And there's some things with a tennis ball that are going to help us understand how our lives as believers need to really bounce back. There's three things this morning, just three. And I told Dylan, I said, I'm not going to be long today. He said, I've never heard you say that and actually fulfill the commitment. (laughs) We're going to see how it goes this morning. I'm going to give you three reasons today that a tennis ball bounces. Three reasons. Somebody say three. The first reason is this. The ball, the tennis ball, bounces because of its core. Underneath this green felt is a hollow inner rubber core. It's the inner core of the ball, not the outer appearance, that determines how the ball will bounce when it's hit or when it's thrown down. If the inner core of the ball is made of another material, it wouldn't produce the same action that a ball with a rubber core will. How many has ever played tennis with a wooden tennis ball? No, because that's called croquet. It acts differently because of the material that's on the inner core of the thing that you are using. The material of the core is vital to how the ball will respond when it's thrown down. The core of who we are. As a believer, I'm not talking about who you say you are. I'm talking about who you really are. Will determine who and how we overcome the trials and the tests of our life. When the enemy comes to knock us down, the core of who we are is going to determine if we bounce back or we stay down. Many in this house, I'm going to say some things today, and you may not like it, and that's all right. I still love you. But many in this house today have had an experience with Jesus but don't have a relationship with Jesus. There's a difference between an acquaintance, and a relationship. Because of the relationship that I have with Jesus, my inner core is made of a different substance. It's made of something different than those that only have an experience with him. We have people that are posting about him rather than pursuing him. We have people that are having one night stands with him rather than getting married to him. I know you may not like that this morning, and that's all right. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you said that. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a difference between finding a lady or a man of the night and actually having a relationship and getting married with somebody. And here's what I'm going to tell you this morning. There's a lot of people that come to church for a one Sunday night stand or a Sunday morning stand, and they go out and live however they want to live, and that's not the plan. Your inner core is different when you have a relationship with him. Paul wrote in Galatians 2 and 20, 
said, I'm crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me, saying my core is him. My core is who I am, and as that, it's my core as who I am is found in, my, in Christ. My identity is found in Christ. The message Pastor Rick preached last week about our identity is found in Jesus. It's directly tied to who our core is. Who I am is directly related to whose I am. I'm going on. I did good there. I'm trying to stay on track this morning. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So when we ask ourselves, am I living in the faith? Am I living in a relationship with Jesus? Am I following Christ? And when we are following Christ, it's saying that he is in us and our core is different. It's not different if we're not following him. I don't care how many times you come to church. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's not fixing your core. Giving in the offering doesn't fix your core. Going to uh, be a good person doesn't fix your core. Shaking hands with me don't fix your core. What fixes your core is a relationship with Jesus. A passionate, good, solid, foundational relationship with Jesus. The substance in a believer's core is different because I cannot stay down because of what's in my core. See, the same substance and power that Jesus had when the devil did the best he could to him and he got up is now on the inside of me. And when they knocked Jesus down, guess what he did? He got up. And so because that substance that was on him, in him, is now in me, I cannot stay down. I have to bounce back. I have to get up. The reason many stay down or bounce back and don't bounce back is because their core is revealed in the middle of a test. I could hold up two balls today, and, and I, could, I, could, I could hold up two tennis balls, and, and I could have stripped or faked one and put wood in, in, inside and wrapped it up in wood, and this one could have been the same, and you would have never known the difference until it was tested. And I'm going to tell you this morning, while we may not like our tests and trials, those are the things that reveal who we are on the inside. Everyone looks good till a trial comes. Everybody looks smart until a test comes. Everyone is churched until the test comes. And, and everybody in the house is loving Jesus until the test comes. And, and maybe we have a relationship and maybe we don't. But I'm going to tell you, when the test and the trials come, it reveals our core. Mm. The enemy... When our core is founded in Jesus, the enemy has messed with the wrong person. You say, well, pastor, I'm not inviting tests and trials. Understand, I'm not holding up a sign saying, come on, devil, test me again. But I am going to tell you this, that God will never let the enemy's test go without a blessing in your life. 
Hear me, hear me, I'm going to say that again. God will never let a test of the enemy go that he will not use it as a blessing in your life. May not be today, may not be tomorrow, but it's coming. So somebody say it's your core. The core is the reason the ball bounces. Your inner core, who you are, who we are. The second reason that a tennis ball bounces is its shape. Somebody say it's shape. Now, some of us have odd shapes. Some of us had things that we can tell. Listen, you can tell today that I am level because the bubble's in the middle. Amen. Okay. Is that, that's, that, I'm, listen, I don't know many, many tools, but I do know that. But it's our shape. And it's the shape of a tennis ball or shape of a ball that causes it to bounce. One of the reasons that it bounces. Has anybody ever seen a square tennis ball before? A round shape of the ball is vital to it bouncing. When a ball gets thrown down, now listen, I am not a a physics expert or uh, any type of uh, doctorate of that. But I will tell you that when you throw a ball down, a round ball, for a moment, it changes shape. And when you throw it down, it changes shape. And then, because it is shaped a certain way it automatically bounces back into shape, almost instantaneously. Because it wants to return to the shape that it was formed or created to be. Our spiritual shape this morning will determine whether or not we bounce back or we stay flat. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a square. Some of y'all remember that way back in the day. Yeah, some of you, I just took you back to the 50s right there, 60s, I don't know. I wasn't here then. (laughs) But how is our shape as a believer defined? Let's ask that. How is our shape as a believer defined? Well, let me me take you to some scripture here real quick. I'm going to go back to David and Goliath, and I'm not going to go through the whole story. I'm going to go to the part where David goes to the brook. And the Bible says he went to the brook, and he reached in, and he grabbed five Smooth stones. As I think through that story, I want you to understand those stones were not smooth automatically. You see, when they started out, they may have eroded from the side of a rock, and it was rigid and rough. And it went through the brook, and as it traveled through the brook, it would hit other rocks, and it would chip edges, and it would knock things off of it, and and then it would begin to chip other stones and rocks, and finally over time, over a long period of time, it became the smooth stone that David retched in and grabbed. It was a moment that the stone was ready for use, And it was ready for the test that it was picked. See, they were shaped on their journey from the beginning of time until David pulled it out of the brook. And our spiritual shape is determined through relationships, through discipleship, through the study of God's word in prayer. And in those times, listen to me, the Holy Spirit tries to knock off some of those edges and smooth us. We don't like that process. See, because it removes something that was permanent from us so we can become what God wants us to be. 
It was permanent. And God chisels it away. But it allows us, if we don't allow that smoothing process, if we don't allow that shaping process, we will find ourselves not able to bounce back because our shape is off. When our shape is right, though, when the enemy tries to test us and throws us down, the only thing that can happen is for a moment it might change us, affect us, but almost instantaneously will we bounce back to the shape that God has created us to be. He can throw us down, it can affect us, but it will not change us and what we are and who we are supposed to be. Because he has no power to do that. I, I, I'll tell you this morning, I've not done much spiritual growth when things have been easy. But it was when I was tested. It was when I was going through a trial. It was when I was going through the midnight hour, when I felt like I was all alone, when I felt like giving up. That's when I was growing more than I realized. I've said this before. You don't see a whole lot of trees and, and green stuff on the top of mountains. But you see a lot of it in the valley. The valley is where you grow. You can celebrate on the mountaintop, but you grow in the valleys. And I'm going to tell you spiritually, we grow when we're tested and when we're tried. And that's how we know that we know that we know that God can. It's because we've been through test after test. I realize in my test and my trial whose I am. And when I come to the realization of who I am, I get back into the right shape. God used and God desired me to be. See, the devil should have learned this. He should have learned. He should have learned that the more he messes with me, because of whose I am and because of the spiritual shape that I have, the more damage that I'm about to do to his kingdom. Maybe that's, you say, oh man, that's pretty braggadocious. No, 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 no. I said because of whose I am, I'm nothing special, but I know the power that he has. And because he has the power, I have the power. So this morning, understand, I'm not saying I'm anything special. I am letting you know and I'm telling you, the more the devil messes with me because of the shape I am and because of whose I am, he's got problems to deal with. You say, oh, pastor, I ain't going to talk like that. That's why you're going to live flat and not bounce back. Number three, don't worry, it's a longer point. Some of y'all are like, oh my goodness, this is a 10-minute sermon. We're about to get out of here today. No, don't worry. The third reason, we know a ball bounces because of the inner core. We know it bounces because it's shaped. The third reason a tennis ball bounces is because of the air that is on the inside of the core. It's compressed air, which means when the ball's thrown down, the air will compress and then expand. And when it expands, it bounces. Yeah? It bounces. And, and, and so you say, well, well that's, that's good, Pastor Steve. That's, that's good. But how does that impact anything that we're talking about as a believer? Well, many times in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is described or revealed as a wind, a mighty rushing wind, or as air. 
The Holy Spirit is not something that we can just have to run and shout. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. It would be fine if somebody decided to get, get a little excited every once in a while, potentially even today. No, that was real. That wasn't a joke. Okay. There's nothing wrong with getting excited. But the purpose of the Spirit of God is to allow us to do what we cannot do within ourselves. That's the Spirit of God. That's the purpose of the Spirit of God. And so I understand, I told you this morning already, that when the enemy comes with tests and trials and, and, and issues and, and brings all this stuff into my life, that I can't deal with it on my own. But I can deal with it because of the Spirit of God that is on the inside of me. It's because the Spirit of God on the inside of me when I'm going through a test or through a trial that I can walk around with joy. See, what we have a problem with in the church is when we're going through a test and a trial is we tell everybody about it. Oh, hordes of hell are chasing me. Going through it. Oh, I'm going through it. Job. Oh, me and Job. Come on. Come on. Now listen, I don't have a problem with you confiding in someone to help pray. But you don't have to sit around in sackcloth and ashes all day. You don't have to pout your way till, till something changes. You can walk around with joy. How can you walk around with joy? Because there's something on the inside of you called the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God, although the air is compressing for a moment, is about to expand. How can, I, how can I walk with a little bit of jump in my step, a little pep in my step? Because I understand the, the compression or the test is only temporary, and I'm about to bounce back. When they crucified Jesus and put him in a tomb, there was a compression of air for a moment. And then three days later, there was an expansion of air. And when that expansion happened, he got up out of that grave. And I'm telling you this morning, that same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and well in every believer this morning. So it may compress for a moment, but it's about to expand. Have you ever noticed? I don't know. How many ever watched a tennis match before? Yeah, a few people. And that's, that's about it. But there's some people that watch it. And you know how to watch tennis, right? <laughs> how you watch it? How I watch it. But if you've ever watched a tennis match, they're constantly changing out the tennis balls. And I used to think it was because they wanted the, 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 the server, the person serving, they wanted them to have the ball that they wanted. But that's not the case. See, the balls are consistently changed out because there's heat and pressure that begins to build with the air on the inside of the ball. And all of a sudden when that heat and pressure start impacting the ball, they begin to act unusual. They begin to act a little bit strange. And this morning people don't understand how that in the middle of a test, in the middle of the fire being turned up a little bit, 
in the middle of the heat being turned up and the pressure being turned up, how people can walk around with the joy of the Lord, how people can walk around thanking God for what he's about to do in their life. People don't understand that, but they don't think, they don't think why. Why in the world is that happening? They should say that guy should be losing his mind. Should be losing his mind. But instead of losing my mind, I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating in the fact that the test and the trial is getting used by God for his glory and for my good. I'm I'm about done. I I need y'all to come. I know, I I know. Get shocked. Come on, somebody. But here's, here's the thing. And this is why that the enemy should be really scared of every believer that is filled with the Holy Ghost. I said filled. Somebody say filled. Filled. Here's here's the thing. They say that when a ball is hit or thrown down, the harder the impact, the more the compression, and so the more the compression the greater the expansion, and it causes it to go higher, the harder it's thrown down. I don't know if anybody else is excited about this, but I am. Because you say, Pastor Steve, I am going through it. The good news is this. The harder the test, the higher you go. The the, the harder the test the higher you go. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I don't like, I don't like that. I, I just want to, I don't want any test. Well, no test, no victory. No sickness, no healing. No bondage, no freedom. See, the enemy still hasn't figured it out after me being saved for almost 30 years of my life now he hasn't figured out that the test that he throws my way is only propelling me to the places that God is setting me up for God help me Jesus had the enemy not hit me I wouldn't have bounced back But because he messed with me, I bounce back. And he throws it harder, and I go higher. Somebody give me my ball. I should have brought the rest of them in here. Come on. Can you give me that? Yeah. Here we go. Here's what I'm doing. You say, Pastor, I won't go through no tests. I don't want to go through those trials. I don't want to deal with those situations. Listen to me. I am taking my ball. I'm taking my ball. And I'm saying, I'm not begging for a test and I'm not begging for a trial. But I am going to say this, when I see it, I'm going to go through it. When I feel it, I'm going to go through it. Why? Because I know that God is using it for my good. So devil, you bring it. You say, Pastor, I ain't never going to say that. 
Listen, because your core may not be right, because your shape might not be right. But this morning I'm saying, devil, you go ahead and bring it. Because the harder you throw, the higher I'm about to go. You made a mistake with me. You should have messed up my life when you could have. But you've got no control now. I'm about to go higher than I've ever been before. Some of y'all remember. I'm, I'm about like the Jeffersons. I'm moving on up. Say, Pastor, you're being silly. No, you don't understand. There is a new level that God wants to take you in your walk. There is a new place that God is desiring you to go. And you will never obtain or get there until you go through a test or a trial. Don't despise it. Celebrate in it. Ha! Here's how I can celebrate. You know why I'm celebrating today? I'm celebrating because the enemy thinks enough of me. And he's scared enough of me to try to mess with me. You say, well, he does that to every believer. Listen, he's got some that sit in the church already that say they're believers. But I bother the devil enough that he's going to bring a test into my life. Bring it on. Say, Pastor, I don't want to do that. How high do you want to go? Aren't you tired of living down where you're at? Aren't you tired of staying flat? Aren't you ready to bounce back? Aren't you ready to get up? Aren't you ready? We need to start remembering the scripture. It calls us a peculiar people. Somebody say peculiar. We're responding to tests and trials like the world does who has no hope. But a peculiar person when the tests and the trials come, when the fire comes, when the heat comes, it's just like this ball it begins to act a little different. <laughs> I'm going to act a little strange today. Why? Because there's something going on on the inside of me. And I'm a peculiar person. Not a, not, I'm different. I'm not going to respond to it like the world does. Because my, my core is different. My shape is different. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not filled so I can speak in tongues. I'm not filled so I can run and shout in this sanctuary. I'm filled so that I can bounce back and do what God's called me to do. The greater the test, the louder the praise. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Because all we do is cry during tests. We need to start celebrating in that thing. Celebrating that God, God is going to do it. I told, I, I think I may have said this before. I heard this the other day. I'm not, I can't remember who said it. But they said this. They said God doesn't move us from something hard to something easy. God moves us from something hard to something that's impossible. Because if it was something easy, people could say, well, that was hard and they got through it and look what they did. But if it's something impossible, only God can do something impossible. Hear me this morning. God's not going to take you to hit the easy button this morning. God is getting you through this test and you are going to bounce back so that you can be and do all that God has called you to do today. How can I have a shout in the middle of it? Because God is using it for His glory. The only time a ball's not going to bounce, the only time a ball's not going to bounce right, is one, if the shape's wrong. 
Two, if it's got a leak. Or three, it don't have enough air. Some of you may not be bouncing back because you got a little bit of a leak. Because you'd rather do everything else than this. Because you'd rather do everything else than pray. Because your priorities are jacked up. Say, Pastor Steve, until your priorities are right, understand you're never going to pass a test. But this morning, there's some people in this building that have said, I cannot handle anymore. There's some people that said, I cannot do anything else. If one more thing happens, I want you this morning to check your shape, to check your core, to make sure you're filled because I believe this morning that God is about to bring a bounce back into your situation. You are about to bounce back from that which the enemy is throwing your way. It may look like it is hopeless. It may look like it's the worst situation that you've ever faced in your life. But hear me, it's only for a moment because there's about to be an expansion of air today. And when that expansion happens, you're about to jump up higher than you've ever been. You're about to bounce back. About to bounce back about to bounce back. God help me. If you're able to stand in this house this morning, please stand. If you're not, please, you're fine. Stay seated. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning in this place, I am positive. I am 100% sure that in this house, there is at least two people in this place that have dealt with feeling like right now that you just can't take anymore, that you are at a lowest of lows and you just don't know how you're going to do it. This morning, this message, while it was preached to everybody, it was directly to you by the Spirit of God today. It's time to bounce back. It's time to bounce back. Glory to God. Hear me this morning. The test that the enemy has thrown your way is not going to destroy you, but it will elevate you. God is going to use that thing which has knocked you down to bring a testimony into your life, to reveal God to others in your life and through you today. This morning, some of you have been, been just having an experience, but you need to have a relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, these altars are open. This morning, some of you need to get your shape right and quit holding on to the things that you thought were permanent that you needed that God's trying to remove so He can get you smooth for the service. Right now, if that's you, these altars are open. There's some of you that are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Hear me this morning. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I am talking about being filled with the Spirit so when that compression comes, there can be an expansion. These altars are open. There's some of you in this house this morning that are dealing with situations that you think are going to destroy you and kill you, that look like they are the worst, that look like they are never going to get better, that look like it is impossible. Well, this morning it may seem impossible, but I serve a miracle working God, and there's about to be a bounce back that is going to take shape and change that situation this morning this altar is for you 
I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to count to three. And as I count to three, if you want to come on one, you can come. If you want to come on two, you can come. If you want to come on three, you can come. But there's somebody in this house. There's somebody in this house that God is speaking to today. The Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of this morning, saying it's time to bounce back. I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to pray that you, when I give this call, it's like something bounces in your spirit that you got to come. One, two, three. He's not done with you yet. In Jesus' name. He's not done with you yet. There's right so now. much more to your story. Come on, come on, come on. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. Jesus. He's not done with you yet. There's so much more to your story. He's not done with you yet. This morning, I'm going to pray with you here in a moment. And you say, Pastor, I don't know, I I don't know. Come on, if you're even wondering a question, you need to come this morning. But here's what I want to tell you this morning. As you're down here, as you're down here, and if you're not down here, I want you to be praying. But if you're down here today, the first step in bouncing back is saying, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm getting up. And as they begin to sing this song, I want you out of your mouth to begin to confess, I'm bouncing back. I am bouncing back. I'm bouncing back. Come on, come on, come on. He's Come not on. done with Don't me be spectating yet. Up Somebody be praying in this place. There's so much more to your story. 